Hi, I'm Jeffrey, and welcome back to Night Falls. Come settle in for tonight's soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Come settle by the campfire for tonight's story as we join young winemaker Sophia in a remote vineyard set amongst the rolling hills of New Zealand. Just like me, Sophia has a passion and patience for cultivating crops, but on a much larger scale. Her vineyard puts my vegetable patch to shame, and she has no magical help of any sort. I loved my time in New Zealand, France, Joseph Glacier, skydiving over Lake Taupo, three bungee jumps, eek. (laughs) The scenery is incredible. I especially loved Milford Sound, and the people I met were so warm and welcoming. I hope you enjoy journeying there with me tonight. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our valued sponsors who make this free content possible. If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two tabs on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. Sophia took in a long, deep breath and spread her fingers enjoying the warmth of the mug of hot coffee she held in hand. It was early morning, and she was taking a moment of peace on her wooden porch, looking out towards the mountains that lay in the distance. Faint shimmers of snow were beginning to cap their peaks. Between Sophia and the distant mountains, were miles and miles of rolling green fields, punctuated by farm buildings and rustic wooden properties like her own. 
the sun had begun to lose its strength over the past few weeks, and Sophia was contentedly soaking in these last warm morning rays, which would soon fade away as autumn crept in. Luckily, Sophia found herself in a pleasant part of the world where each season seemed more beautiful than the last. With hot, dry summers turning into temperate, colourful autumns, and then chilly winters when the winter sun would hang over the mountains in a crisp blue sky. For now, the air held the last traces of summer and Sophia could smell the warmth of the upcoming day in the air. Her garden was still beautiful, even though it had been relieved of the heavy burden of fruit which had been ripening in the previous weeks. She could hear tui birds in the boughs of the cherry trees overhead, chirping and burbling in their funny robotic way. Their babbles caused her dog, Trevor, to sit up and tilt his head in puzzlement, flopping one ear upwards to better hear their calls. He had been lazing at her feet all morning, stretched out so that the sun hit the maximum area of his short brown and white speckled fur. Sophia smiled and rubbed his belly, sending him slumping back onto his side. Mary stretched his paws into the air, flexing each little claw ahead of him. Sophia thought it was a shame she couldn't laze around all day like Trevor, who seemed to perpetually move in some slow, lazy yoga routine from one stretch to another his maximum movement being a steady, contented flick of the tail. But it was an important part of the year, and one of Sophia's favourites. Before long, Sophia had dressed herself in denim overalls, covered her dark, curly hair with a silk scarf, and put on her toughest steel-toed work boots. She trundled across the fields in her reliable, if slightly rusty, truck, past row upon row of vines, before pulling in at a tall wooden building with a corrugated iron roof. This humble outbuilding was one of her favourite places in the world. Sophia had put this structure together with her own hands a few years previous. Well, mostly her own hands. She also had the hard-working, calloused hands of the neighbouring farmer John. She had gotten to know John piece by piece over the years, until they had become long-time friends. They'd gotten on fine from the outset, but it wasn't until a certain evening in a local bar that she realised what help they could be to one another. As she gushed over her ideas to expand her vineyards into a fully functioning winery, 
allowing whimsical and slightly clueless plans to rush unfiltered out of her mouth, John had interjected with a twinkle in his eye, bringing her down to earth slowly with each practicality she had dreamily overlooked. John was at the older end of middle-aged, but he was youthful and full of energy, constantly building something or working on a project, motorcycles being his favourite activity, as well as tending to his orchard and eating fine food. He and Sophia quickly became friends due to their laid-back nature and shared enthusiasm for tinkering and taking on countless new hobbies. Helped on by John's grounded expertise and his heavy farm machinery, Sophia had gradually brought her dreams to life, building this huge wooden hall. One by one, she installed second-hand round metal cylinders and stacks of new oak barrels, cobbling together bits of machinery brought in from borrowed favours and bought with hard-earned money from her days working on other people's dreams. She had put in years of hard work to get to where she was today, learning about the industry inside out, from the bottom up. She had started in the fields, working long days pruning vines until her fingers were sore and icy, before moving on to the winery. She was amazed by the magic that went on there. She watched as intricate modern chemistry mixed with the most traditional and simple techniques to create impossibly varied and unruly wines, which were incredibly hard to master or even recreate. Each minute change in the air, in the earth, the climate and the micronutrients of the soil had their impact, and Sophia was wowed and exasperated to learn how many stories mingled to create just one sip. She started off on the night shift, mindlessly clicking buttons and cleaning tanks until she had proven her dedication. Then she was taken under wing to be slowly taught the tricks and hints of the trade, moving slowly and determinedly through the ranks, studying each process until she felt capable of going it alone. And here she was now, alone in her purpose-built shed, humming happily to herself as she turned barrels, heaving them this way and that to churn up the mixture inside. A stack of huge wooden crates stood looming over her as she worked. Hidden within was the last batch of grapes of the season. She unstacked the crates with her little forklift, a new addition to the winery which she had bought for a bargain off a stranger online. It was so outdated and cranky that she said a little prayer every time she turned the key in its ignition, but it hadn't failed her yet. 
Sophia inspected the grapes. They were pale green and dusty and swollen huge, the ripest of the harvest. This was to be a delicious, sweet, dry wine, which she had failed to master in the previous harvests. This was the year. She could feel it. The harvest had been good to her this year, and she had had to enlist a bit of help. Her partner, Laura, came by every week, and she too would roll up her sleeves and get involved. Laura worked in the town nearby and was a city girl at heart. She wasn't drawn to the soil like Sophia, but she loved the sparkle and joy that it brought to Sophia's life, and she was supportive every step of the way. They spent most weekends on the vineyard together, but during harvest even more so. Sophia couldn't be torn away, and Laura relished the chance to lend a hand, even though she wasn't the fastest picker and was a terrible forklift driver. Sophia's friends dropped in to help when they could, and she had called in some workers too. A middle-aged couple had been the engine behind the harvest. They lived in a camper van covered in stickers and painted flowers, and had parked up on site for a couple of weeks to work their longest hours. Although they seemed sweet and ditzy in their colourful outfits, spending their evenings slowly strumming their guitars or knitting with their van doors flung open, in the fields they were surprisingly strong and hard-working, filling bucket after bucket with huge bunches of fruit. Sophia had been out there harvesting too, for the first few days, before she had to knuckle down indoors, processing the grapes. She had tended to the vines all year and felt her heart swell with pride, with every gentle thunk as a bunch dropped lightly into her bucket. The stem snapped easily with the lightest snip, as she cradled each bunch in hand, placed it in the bucket, and moved on to the next. Each movement was fluid and well rehearsed. Occasionally, one of her free-roaming chickens would come clucking between the vines, pecking at buckets, pushing past her bare ankles with their plump, feathery bellies, diligently searching for any dropped grapes. They would cluck with happiness on the discovery of each shriveled or over-ripened berry they found discarded into the grass. Friends would drop in with their sun hats on and work boots shining, ready to clad a neon vest and get involved. It was hard work, but no one complained. They enjoyed being under the sun surrounded by the stretching rows of vines, laden with purple and green pearls of fruit, overlooked by distant peaks, with nothing in their head but the snip-snip of their shears and the endless bounty of grapes to be picked. John helped out, 
driving over now and again to pick up a crate on his green tractor and transport it to Sophia's little wooden winery. In the evenings, Sophia would reward everybody's hard work with a hot home-cooked meal, sitting around the table on her porch. There was always a lot of laughter at these meals, born from the slight delirium of a long day's work and a lot of hot sun. They all grew tan and happy as they ate whatever delicious meal Sophia had prepared with fresh vegetables from her garden and rich cheeses from the farmer's market, washed down, of course, with a glass of regional wine. Sometimes she would have friends working with her in the winery, and on occasion she let them crush some grapes the old-fashioned way, climbing into the barrel with clean feet and squishing the fruit beneath them. Everybody loved that, and although the novelty had worn off for her over time, Sophia always laughed as they squealed at the sensation of mushy grape under their toes. The harvest had just ended, and Sophia had worked tirelessly to make sure no grape went to waste. Just one batch to go, and then she would be satisfied. The work was calming and methodical, and as she began, the sun started to stream through the skylight overhead, making the raw wood glow golden around her. Sophia unloaded the crates, loading the heaps of fruit into a round metal cylinder, where they would be destemmed and crushed, processing the fruit in batches. Most of the work was done by the machine, but it wasn't the most modern piece of equipment, and Sophia would roll up her sleeves to help it along, crushing the grapes until her muscles ached. She worked in batches before moving on to pressing, watching as each last drip of fresh juice was squeezed from the grapes, leaving nothing but deflated skins behind. After hours of work, she left the juice in a large shining tank to settle, where it would stay for a few days until it became ready to begin the fermentation process, with many tweaks, measurements and additions to be done on the way. She had six tanks already fermenting, which she inspected proudly. Her favourite was the Pinot Noir, a pale, minerally red wine, which she was most proud of, as it was the first she had mastered. When she and Laura visited her father in Italy during the Christmas following her first vintage, he had declared her first bottle of Pinot Noir the best he had ever tasted, swirling it in the glass in delight. Of course, He had to say that. He was her father. But she always remembered the pride in his eyes, which he couldn't have faked. In the other tanks were white wines mostly, Sauvignon and a Chardonnay. More wine was aging in the large oak barrels she had imported from Italy, 
She saw each shining tank and sloshing barrel as a testament to her own determination and slow, attentive work. She had been captivated by vineyards since her first experiences of them. Backpacking in Europe when she was just 18, almost penniless, working her way from place to place, earning her board, picking fruit here and there. It was the time of her life. She visited wineries in southern France, in the mountainous regions of Spain, and in the warm climate of her native Italy. Sophia had been entranced into many a free tasting and had quickly fallen in love with what she thought was an art form. Later, of course, she discovered that, although artisanal, winemaking wasn't all in all romantic. Especially in those early years, where she would find herself in a huge industrial factory covered in sticky wine, tired from heavy lifting and mopping up an unimaginable leak. But Sophia was as captivated by it then as she was now, working to her own scale. And sitting out in the vineyard, listening to the birds and the soft rustle of leaves, never lost its charm either. She had bought the plot of land where her vineyard now stands at an opportune time for much less than it was worth. There had been plans for a treatment plant nearby and she had overlooked the listing for that very reason. That was until she showed Laura one evening, frustrated from her fruitless search, seeing only land too small and barren or too perfect and expensive. Laura worked in environmental planning and after some watching over Sophia's shoulder, recommended that she put a bid on the land, knowing from her extensive experience that the pollutive plans would soon be thwarted. Sophia took the risk and it paid off. The plans were eradicated and the land she had acquired remained clean and fertile and breathtakingly beautiful. She remembered looking out over the hills the first day she moved in, enjoying a cup of tea on her porch. The porch was much less well looked after then, with a few rotten planks and a need for a lick of paint. She had looked out over the rolling hills, soaked in the hot sun, and felt truly at home, tucked in this little patch of nature, seeing nothing but opportunity laying before her. She had patched up her home over time, bit by bit, planting her garden in her own time. Now the wooden house was beautiful and light, painted a pale green to match the olive trees scattered around the garden. The garden was interspersed with purple flowers and citrus trees, 
drooping slightly with the weight of the little yellow lemons and vibrant oranges that grew on their branches. Back then, the vineyard was just an empty stretch of land, mown neatly by chomping sheep, who had been herded away to new pastures. Sophia had planned her vineyard meticulously, measuring the wind direction and the fertility of the ground, charting the sandier areas and rockier ones on a big map that she hung in her office. She planned irrigation systems, built with rescued and retired systems, which were easy to come by in her agricultural region. She made plans to build posts and wires in carefully and strategically planned lines for the grapes to grow upon. She had thought of everything. She had planned which grape varieties to grow where, depending on the sun coverage, the soil types and airflow. She mapped every consideration out, determinedly quashing her usual impulse to launch herself into the midst of any project without first thinking it through. Once thoroughly satisfied with her plans, Sophia put on her baseball cap and tied her hair up, strapped on a heavy belt filled with tools and headed out onto her truck with its bed filled with wooden posts. Sophia spent days hammering the posts into the earth, consulting her plans carefully. Sometimes she would make mistakes that would cost her the whole afternoon. She would get frustrated and cry a little self-indulgently for a moment, before shaking it off and getting back to work. Trevor was always there at these moments, trotting over from whatever patch of land he had been snoozing on and resting his chin on her leg, looking up with big brown eyes of encouragement. Every evening, Sophia would sit on her porch and smile as she saw the vineyard coming together bit by bit as if each post and nail had grown from the earth. Sometimes she would have a friend there too, and they would clink their glasses, imagining how it would one day look green and bushy. Once the posts had been laid, Sophia strung wire between the posts, attaching them at two levels, ready for vines to twist and climb along them. Before long, it was time for planting. Soon, thousands of little saplings were bursting through the earth. For the first couple of years, the vines were thin and delicate, and Sophia cared for them, bringing them up to strength. Before long, each sapling had turned into a sturdy and gnarled trunk which would shoot out vines throughout the air. Little leaves and buds would sprout in the spring and fruit would arrive in the summer, small and sour at first, 
but all for the years, growing into beautiful, strong bunches. Now the vines were well-seasoned and strong and getting better with every harvest. This year, with a cool spring and sunny summer, the yield had been astounding. Some days after the final grape of the season had been picked, John arrived in his shiny truck, climbing onto Sophia's porch and ruffling Trevor's ears. John took a seat next to Trevor, absent-mindedly patting his side as he looked out over the land, squinting against the sun. Sophia saw him through the window and smiled. They knew each other so well by then that he had no hesitation to make himself at home. She put a pot of coffee on the stove and grabbed a couple of mugs and set about making a couple of sandwiches. She didn't have to ask if he was hungry. He always was. She emerged with the coffee and food, and he turned and smiled. He thanked her and took a sip, sighing happily. John had a spare afternoon and wanted to spend it with Sophia in the winery to mark the end of another harvest. Sophia was glad about this. There was a lot of heavy lifting to be done, and though she could certainly handle it herself, John's help was very welcome. They drove over to the winery together, with Trevor in the cab, sticking his head from the window, tongue lolling enthusiastically. Together, they moved the final batch of juice into the fermentation tank and began its process. The work would by no means be over after this, but the final wheel had been set in motion. Every tank was full, and now Sophia could work her magic over the coming months, moving at a calmer pace now that the harvest was complete. Now it was time to celebrate, John said. He climbed into the cab and called to her to hop on in. Sophia smiled and rolled her eyes. He did this every year. Can we stop by the house this time so I can change? Sophia asked. Nope, John replied, and off they went, crunching over the gravel and trundling over the fields. They stopped at the house, only long enough for Trevor to hop out of the cab before zooming down country lanes with rows of vineyards, cherry orchards and olive plantations passing in a blur behind them. The sun was warm on Sophia's face as she smiled by the open window. Soon, John pulled into the driveway of Sophia's favourite restaurant and crunched to stop. Thank you, John, Sophia said and kissed him on the cheek. 
The two of them walked over to the patio. Sophia in her wine-stained denim shorts and grape-smudged tea, smiling radiantly with her silk scarf still tied in her hair. Everybody else on the terrace was dressed in sundresses and linen shirts, but it didn't matter. Sophia's friends were waiting for her on the lawn, lolling about on deck chairs and beanbags with a glass of wine at the ready for her. Laura approached her first, giving her a tight squeeze and whispering in her ear, You did it again. Congrats, Soph. Sophia kissed her and turned to her friends. She clinked her glass against each of theirs and said, quite candidly, I couldn't have done it without you. And that's why you'll be paying, someone joked, and Sophia laughed. This was a yearly tradition and a time of region-wide relief and celebrations as the hardest work was over. Sophia saw the telltale tiredness and contentment on the faces of others around the restaurant to suggest they too were celebrating a strong harvest. She sipped her glass. Mmm, delicious she said. What is this? Who made it? Laura rolled her eyes. Sophia did, of course. They all toasted to the winemaker and spent the rest of the afternoon together, nestled amongst the fields, soaking in the autumn sunshine amongst leaves that were slowly turning to brown.